Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, listen, but I listen, I don't want to um belabor y'all time and be here long. Uh, but I did just want to jump on here, man, and share some thoughts. People can watch the uh uh the the recast or go back and watch it later, or when I grab the audio down and, and put it on the on the podcast, you guys can watch it um there. But I wanted to come on. I was gonna get on with a couple of my my or one of my buddies, um, but uh, he ended up not being able to get on. But I still wanted to to do the live um, and just um, process through a thought, process through uh, an idea. And if you saw the title, um, the idea of the question was: Is are real teachings um, real? R e e l teachings increasing uh, doubts, skepticism, um, and even distrust. What's going on here with my Wi-Fi? Or even distrust. Um, and so I wanted to kind of have that conversation um, publicly and process through um, some things uh, that I'm thinking about when I think about that topic. Um, and so I wanted to share that with you today, maybe hear some of your comments um, uh, and so forth and so on. And so uh, to begin, I, I think it'd be important if I first um, define what I mean when I say real, R E L L teachings are real r-e-e i said r-e-l r-e-e-l teachings or r-e-e-l uh theology and what i mean when i say that um is i don't mean is it wrong for there to be real clips out there there to be those 30 minute 60 second i mean those 30 seconds 60 seconds um clips obviously if you follow uh my facebook if you follow my youtube i put out um, these 30 second, 60 second sermon clips and things like that. And so I'm not asking is, are those things, um, leading to skepticism and doubt? Um, however, I'm taking the concept of the fact that a reel is about 30 seconds to 60 seconds. I'm taking the concept that we're talking about snippet things, snippet teachings, snippet ideas, um, um, these cliff note type uh, things that are going on out there. I don't know what is happening with my Wi-Fi. It keeps um, jumping in and out. Oh, it's, it's the weather. <laughs> but um, if you guys are not in Cleveland, we are uh, getting our rain and getting prepared for what we're supposed to have is a, a winter storm today. But so it's kind of th- jacking my Wi-Fi up. So I hope everything is still moving smoothly as you guys are watching. But um, but again, what I'm talking about with real theology or real teaching is it's the idea of these burst of teachings these these incomplete not cohesive not in-depth uh teachings on topics or subjects or doctrines or even um just the whole of the christian faith and and so when i talk about as real teachings uh leading to skepticisms and doubts what i'm talking about is is the fact that we are not producing either we're not producing it or people are not uh, desiring it. Is it producing extra skepticisms or um, doubts? And I'm, I'm going to explain that out um, a little bit more. How you, what's up, Brian? I'm going to I'm going to explain that out a little bit more because here's what I'm here's what I mean. There is this increasing and I see it and I've been watching it. I've been speaking on it for a while, but there is this increasing notion of what the, what the consumer's desire is um, shorter teachings, more constricted or constrained or condensed 
teachings, right? Um, and and if and if you're going into any level of depth of a, a certain teaching, philosophy, doctrine, theology, whatever, um, you're trying to figure out how to give the thrust of it. And what happens that I believe is when we're trying to give the thrust because we're trying to make it as short as possible, what happens is there's so much about that teaching or that position that is not explained through thoroughly um, that people walk away from that feeling like they have information or graps on something. And then what happens is they run into someone who elaborates on that with the things or the more the more in-depth things or the more controversial things or et cetera, et cetera. So now a person has heard this condensed teaching for the sake of time. And now they're hearing somebody else bring information into that understanding that was not given. And so what and now that person is hearing this for the first time and they're kind of processing like, well, hold up, that's not, I wasn't made aware of that, right? And what begins to happen, I believe, is that from that, a person now begins to doubt. And this isn't the only cause of doubt. So I'm not dealing with, eventually I'm going to end up doing uh, some talks about what are doubts, some talks about um, how what we're seeing with uh, this apostasy, um, how how this relates to scripture and what scripture teaches us about um, the ushering in of the great apostasy from, from within the church um, as a precondition to Christ's return. And so we'll talk about what we're actually seeing from scripture and how what we're seeing in the world is validating the realities or the truth or the, at least the prophetic voice um, of scripture at another date. But so I'm not saying that this is the only thing that births doubts, but what I'm asking the question is, is it leading to unnecessary doubts and skepticisms and even distrust, right? Because if if I've been sitting somewhere and I've been getting teaching, I've been hearing something and I've never heard this or that, and now somebody else comes in, they're giving me more pieces to the same conversation. Does it lead a person to feel like they've been lied to? Does it lead a person to feel like they haven't been given the whole truth? Things have been withdrawn or withheld from them. And now they have a skepticism about what they've been taught, but now they also have a skepticism about their teacher. They also have a skepticism about the people of the organization teaching whatever it is and now begin to doubt or be skeptical about even the things um, that they are saying. And you guys can drop a comment and let me know if you guys think that possibly this is producing some of the doubts and skepticism and some of the distrust. Um, so I would love to hear kind of your thoughts on that. But that is what I mean when I talk about real teachings. I'm talking about these this this move either by um, preachers, teachers, but also by by the by the members, by the consumers, right? People want it as quick and as condensed as possible. Um, we see the move happening with the goal of churches. How do you make church the most efficient and short as possible so that you can, are you, are you read these statistics and people bring out the statistics about the percentage of what people retain and, and all of this stuff. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with statistics. I think statistics are not accurate in any shape, fashion or form. Um, 
but it's we're moving towards this thing where people are just wanting it quick. How can we make this quick? How can you? How can I get the 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 gist of it? And what I've noticed though is inside of these religious organizations or not even non-religious organizations, what I'm learning though is, and, and, and I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but what I'm learning is while the church is giving real teachings, R-E-E-L, the ones that are giving the full teachings are actually giving these hour and a half, two hour conversations. And people are sitting in those things and listening. So the church is trying to figure out how to make it as condensed as possible. And then, but the, the individuals that people are listening to that's, that's feeding doubts and feeding criticisms and feeding skepticisms, they're not trying to give it as short as possible. They're doing full teachings from A to Z, breaking down the, the, the depths of whatever this thing is that is being discussed. And so you see a difference there. You see a difference there. And I'm just beginning to wonder if we are not doing a good job as the church of actually teaching the full idea of a concept. And here's what I mean. We could take any theological position that we hold in the church. And I can guarantee you that if I asked an individual about a theological position that sits in the, that sits as a member, been going to church however long, more than likely, what I will get from them is an answer, but it'll be a one-dimensional, one-sided answer, right? Meanwhile, the full conversation is happening outside of whatever theological, systematic theological book that, that you're reading that was recommended that exists within one camp or another camp, right? The full conversation is still happening it's just not happening there or it's happening from the perspective of the one um, that is giving their position. And so they're giving you other thoughts of the conversation, but they're still weighing or putting more weight on their position than really fully flushing out the idea of the other of the other side. Right. So now if that's true. And since that's true, what happens when you encounter someone who gives you more of the picture? Right. And, and and maybe the other picture seems more plausible to you. It seems more credible. It seems more possible. Right. And you begin to do your homework on, the, on, on that side and you begin to be like, well, I don't I don't know if I agree with that position as much. And I'm not talking about fundamentals and essentials, but I don't agree with that position as much. And so now you run into somebody who doesn't agree with any of it and they begin to present maybe some more information or some more thoughts or some more things about it right and now you're like well wait a minute there's more and now you go down this trail or trend of discovery and saying well what else here's the language have been has been kept from me right right there the skepticism has been created and it and the skepticism gets created towards whom you feel has not given you the information, not towards the person giving the information. The person giving the information now could be as wrong as ever, but they're giving you information where the ones that you've trusted to feed you has not broke that down and given you all of those thoughts and ideas um, 
And so now you begin to wonder if you can trust them. And so my guess, my so my question is, well, how does that lead uh, to growing unhealthy doubts? How does that lead to growing unhealthy doubts? Well, I think I think it leads a lot. I think it, it I think I think it's it 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 just uh sets the batter up for a home run. Because when we talk about the idea of doubts, there's there's unhealthy doubts and there's healthy doubts, right? The one thing that we have to first understand is that when talking about doubting, we're not talking about and, and some are gonna disagree here, and that's perfectly fine. But when we're talking about doubting, we're not talking about always unbelief. Right. In fact, even when we look into the scriptures, we don't even really see the word doubt used often. Um, I believe we only see it used a couple times. One is uh, if you don't doubt, you can um, do what Jesus did to the fig tree. I think that's in Matthew 14. Um, and the other one is in Matthew 28, verse 17, uh, when Jesus was coming and it said that the 11 were there, the 11 apostles that remained were there. And Jesus came to him and it said, and they fell down and worshiped him in some doubt it. Um, now there's some debate in, in, in around, is it just saying it's some of the 11 or is it saying that there were others present with him, uh, in the 11? I tend to look at that, um, uh, from the position of the, the text just says the 11, he went to the 11. Um, and so I tend to look at that as that, that he's saying that amongst the 11, there was some, um, who had doubted necessarily specifically doubting, like, uh, his appearance, um, right, or, or doubt, and, and and the idea is that they were doubting themselves. Like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, is this really some that I'm that I'm seeing? Am I seeing the physical Jesus? Is this an illusion? Is this, uh, you know, things like that? Um, and so they they were kind of doubting what they were seeing necessarily, right? And then obviously Jesus begins to speak to him. The Bible never addresses Jesus addressing that. He just then commissions them, right? Um, however. So we don't see a lot. Now, we do see a lot in the Bible that talks about uncertainty um, and, and, and things like that, which, which also lends to uh, uh, the word for uncertainty also kind of lends to the idea of doubt as well. Um, but even when we look at that, we see that existing in, in different veins. One of those veins is an uncertainty based upon information um, and, and or an uncertainty uh, based upon not understanding. Right. And so if we're looking at doubts in a healthy way, then what we're talking about is an individual who has information. Um, but at the end of the day, they're saying, man, I don't I don't know if I understand this fully. And and so I'm uncertain around certain things. And so I want to go and uh, discover and find out, you know, more about this. Right. And then you have the other side of the unhealthy doubt where it's I, I don't I don't believe this um, and there's nothing that's going to cause me to believe it. And maybe those individuals don't even seek out uh, truth or maybe they seek out truth. But now their presupposition is that it's not true. And so everything that they read is through the lens of it not being true already, telling it to convince them now um, of its reality or, or realness. Right. Um, but there's so there's two ideas of doubts here. Um, and in the healthy doubt, though should not necessarily be equated with um, unbelief. Rather, rather, it should be equated with seeking. It should be equated with um, discovery, right? It should be, they should, those individuals should be walked alongside of 
to help clarify those things that are uncertain to them. Because I don't care how much we may think we know or how much we think we are just fully certain of everything. We all have some level of uncertainty, right? There are things in the Christian faith that I hold to in faith, but I'm also like, man, I, I don't really get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and 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 some people aren't okay with that. And I'm okay with recognizing that there's some things that I'm just not going to be able to reconcile. Um, but the things that are reconcilable, in my opinion, are the things that pertain to uh, the, the authenticity of, of the Christian faith, right? But there's things within the Christian faith that's like, we're going to always wrestle. We're going to wrestle with and never be able to really put our finger on it, never really be able to, to, to grasp it necessarily. But that doesn't connect that person necessarily to, to an unbelief. Let me read something to you guys real quick. I'm going to read something to you guys real quick. It says this. Uh, this is by um, uh, uh, Shelby Abbott, right? And so he says this. Many people, Christians in particular, conclude that doubt is the same thing as unbelief. But let me assure to you that it is not unbelief is a consequence or a conclusion as someone reaches a deliberate decision to live life as if there is no God. Doubt is something significantly different. It's natural for questions about our faith to develop when life gets confusing or difficulty or difficult. Skepticism or qualms have certainly been common in many years of following Christ. But let's not confuse confuse our questions or hesitation of certainty with confident conclusions about rejecting faith because they're not the same. Uh, uh, doubt is a wistful longing to be sure of the things in which we trust. To say that doubt and unbelief are the same um, is uh, is the same is as equal as saying that temptation is the same as sin. They're not equivalent to one another, no matter how similar they might seem, right? And so, what he's what he's saying here is that, in the same way that we wouldn't look at someone who is tempted and say they're a sinner, right? No matter how the temptation looks, it's the same way that we should not look at everybody who has a doubt or has an uncertainty as somebody who's an unbeliever. Now, if a person actually confesses or denounces Christ, then, then obviously, yes, they're an unbeliever. Or you can make conclusions based upon some of the things that they're doubting um, and begin to say, well, that with those, those uncertainties, it's difficult to necessarily hold that, that that brother or sister is a brother in Christ. Um, however, the idea of doubting by itself or having doubts or having uncertainty about things by itself is not necessarily should not necessarily be equated to unbelief. Again, it's circumstantial. We have to look at what is being doubted, what is being uh, uncertain about, right? And 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 I won't go into the details of all of that here. But taking the healthy doubt, what what begins to be the problem? Well, if a person is led down the field of a healthy doubt, then what happens is they enter into a space of discovery. They enter into a place of seeking. Well, if because we have condensed our teaching in such a way that this person now is seeking based upon receiving information outside of the individuals who should be leading and, and teaching these types of things, well, they're not even going to those individuals now in their seeking process. Why? Well, because they already feel like this person feels like this person is not authentic. 
They already have a distrust. And, and what does those outside actually say? You hear it all the time. They ain't going to tell you this. They keeping this from you. Right. And, and then you can say, well, yeah, they didn't tell me that. So what does that lend to? Well, that lends to the idea that I can't trust this person. And so I don't even want to go to these individuals with my questions because I feel like they're already not authentic. And so where do I go? Well, I go to the individuals who we know um, have the motive of drawing you away, has the motive of uh, that may present it as I just want you to know truth, brother, kind of like fanatic. But the reality is they they want you to come along on this journey of unbelief with them. Right. However, they're the ones that brought you this new information. And so and the other people that you've been rocking with that have been teaching you, they've never brought these things to you. They never discussed these things. They never shared these things. They made these statements as if they were absolute in, in some of these subjects. And so you like, well, let me hear out what these individuals are saying. And so what happens is you you start to feed the skepticism disguised as truth being delivered by the skeptic versus feeding the doubt um, by the truth or digging your heels in more and understanding uh, the thing in which you uh, claim or say that you currently um, believe, right? But, but all of that, in my opinion, happens because of these condensed real R-E-E-L teachings. And, we're, and, the, and the reality is, I promise you, friends, that a lot of times it's not about a person trying to not give you the fullness. It's about, I, I, dude, I have zero enough time in the, in the time limit that I've been given to really break down the nuances of whatever this thing that we're teaching is teaching. And the reality is you, my friends, some of you, my friends, wouldn't even don't even want me to do that because the moment the message or the teaching begins to get a little too long, you begin to check out anyway. Right. And then you get this new information and it and it sparks something in you. And now you want to enter into this discovery mode. Um, yeah. And so I, I remember when I was watching. Um, like kind of with the rise of the, well, I don't want to say the rise, but um, with YouTube content creators and things like that, the Hebrew Israelism began to just really, really, really explode and take off. Um, and I, re I, I remember talking to my buddies and I would say something to them. I said, man, listen, if you watch their, their stuff, these jokers got a room full of people and they in there for two, two and a half hours. Now, whether I agree with how they're breaking scripture down, the, the thing is, they are not trying to rush anybody out of and give them some. They, they're going to fully develop the idea and the doctrine and, 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 and the teaching. Right. And then I said, so all of what we would call in the church cultic movements. They're devoting hours to teaching their people. And then the 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 organization that that has truth is in the truth, follows the truth, Jesus Christ, we're running our people out the door as quick as possible. The, 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 the one organization that God has given prophets 
apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, Ephesians chapter four, that they would not be tossed to and fro by cunning, deceptive winds and, and all of these things. Those individuals are buying into statistics and then not fully teaching their people the depths of what it is that we actually say that we believe the depths of what we mean when we talk about inerrancy, the depths of what we mean when we talk about infallibility, the depths of what we mean when we talk about inspiration, inspiration and eschatology and salvation and atonement and repentance and all of that. And really working through all the attributes and really working through these ideas to fullness. And instead of just saying this means this or this means that. Because then somebody else comes along and they say, but I bet you your pastor didn't tell you about this. And now you're, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, they didn't tell me about that. And now you're open to receive because you were never guarded by, tr by truth in the first place. I, I hope that, I hope that makes sense. What, what, I, what I'm actually, what I'm actually conveying because what my, what my urge is, for those individuals who are who 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 hold to the to the Christian faith, what what my what my urge is that we we stop wanting this the cookie cutter condensed version of our faith because because at the end of the day that is that's what we don't treat other things like that we don't treat movies like that right raising dion just came out and and before that um depending on what type of stuff you watch on tv uh and i'm thinking netflix only i won't go into these other streaming sites but i'm thinking netflix only because they dropped the whole seasons at one time right and people will find that season they like and they will binge watch it for that entire day that's hours of sitting in front of something being entertained being socially influence but then when it comes to the things of our faith the things of our father the things of eternity the things of our hope the things of, of, of salvation the things that are supposed to help us transform our minds the thing that is supposed to keep us grounded in the midst of hard persecution and suffering and hardships the things that is meant to keep us standing we need that in 30 minutes or less so that we can go back to the hours of being influenced by all the other stuff. Right? Let's just be honest here, guys. Some of our screen times are longer, are longer than some sermons. If I pull, if you pull up your social media screen time, you, 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 your screen time minutes in a day is longer than the sermons that you get in most churches today are longer than most teachings that you get in most churches today. But then we'll say, well, statistics say, well, the statistics are clearly wrong because you're giving three, four hours to this consistently on a daily basis. Now let's do the math here, guys. Let's just take two hours. Two hours a day for seven days, that's 14 hours in a week. Sunday comes on Sunday, sermon's 30 minutes. Maybe you have a midweek Bible study, right? And maybe you get 45 minutes there. 
right? So now we're at an hour and 15 minutes in seven days. How is that going to really be able to flush out our belief systems? How is that going to really be able to inform and teach us the depths of what it is that we say we believe? Yes, salvation is simple. But being grounded and unmovable in a foundation that is built upon. And that means we have to be able to not just get these condensed versions, but be able to get the information, be able to get what we believe really explained to us and broken down because the because because then what happens is somebody else brings the information to you and they're not coming from a place of trying to help you stand. They're coming from a place of trying to pull you away. Right. You look at the fanatic video. Um, and, and he literally is saying, I'm inviting you on my journey. Well, your journey's over already. So you're inviting them in, into the things that you say that you discovered, uh, on why you, you know, denounce faith and Christianity. And again, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do mi- uh, probably four or five videos around the, 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 what, what second Thessalonians and Matthew 24 tells us as believers, will happen from amongst the church in preparation of the return of Christ, that there will be a great falling away. Paul literally says, do not allow anyone to confuse you around the day of the Lord because the great apostasy, the great falling away has not happened yet. And it must precede the coming of Christ. And so while a lot of people are shook around all these people that's walking away, I'm, 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 I get, I'm, I got a biblical worldview. So I see what is happening in the world. And then I just look down into the scriptures and I say, well, if, if the Bible is really as false as we claim it is, it's surely predicted what's happening in the world right now. Right. And, it, and, 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 and you leaving or that is validating its biblical is validating its claims. If I had to evaluate the worldview of a, a worldview of apostasy, right. And I, and I went through its logical coherence. I went through, is there a, a simpler explanation? If I, if I, if I went through, does it stand or does it discredit itself? I went through all of the evaluation tools of apostasy. You walking away would be verifying and validating this is truth and reality, but I'm going to do videos on that stuff. I'm going to do videos on that stuff, but this video is just about, should we be at least looking at what's happening and saying, are we cheating people because statistics say, are we cheating people because they say, or should we be and trusting ourselves to the assignment. I'm not saying get up there and do 18 hour messages. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, are we fully developing thoughts with individuals? So that when they walk away with this, they have a understanding of the fullness of what it is that we teaching. Now, will that actually stop doubts? Well, no. It's not, it's not going to stop people from ever doubting. It's not going to stop people from walking away. It's not going to stop people from claiming that Christianity is not true. None of, it's none of that's going to stop. 
But I still believe that there is a group of individuals that are running to these other platforms simply because the church they feel has withheld information from them. Right. And there's and there's certainly levels to this, right? There's certainly levels uh to this. Give me My bad. Um, well, you're on daddy duty at the same time. But, um, you know, we, again, my point is just, are we, are we, are we, are we not giving them what they need? Um, and it's, again, it's not going to stop doubts. It's not going to stop doubts. It's not going to cause everybody to stay believing. Right. It's not going to do that. But we can make sure that we aren't setting the batter up for a home run. By just underhand throwing underhand throwing the ball to the to the batter. Underhand throwing the ball to the batter. By not teaching our people and then being afraid. Sometimes you have to recognize. That what people want ain't always what people need. And what you have to do is think of the full picture and say, well, what we need is for individuals to be firm in their foundation. And so I'm going to give you solid teaching that's going to allow you to be firm. That's going to allow you to stand. I know people to this day that that in the time of it being taught didn't really understand. Like I've had people say to me things like, man, all that ain't that. It ain't that deep. It ain't that serious. Right. And then later on, they go through things in their life. And it was those things that was given. It became applicable all of a sudden. Right. They, they didn't know they needed it at that time, but it became applicable to them. All of a sudden, it became applicable to them when the, when their life started, when their life started to go through these different things. Right. And the job of the teacher, the job. Of, of of the of those who have been anointed and called to teach and deliver the word is to prepare people. It is not to always put out fires. It's to build a structure that can't be burnt down. This is why Jesus didn't wait until his disciples and his apostles went out there and experienced persecution to warn them about persecution. Right? This, hold on. Yes. Yes, Dylan's in his room. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, he didn't wait for them to experience persecution to prepare them. He prepared them before he ever sent them out for what is to come. Right? Because his job was to prepare the people not to have to put out the fire. And I feel like if we do a better job at building a solid foundation, it doesn't mean that uncertainty won't blow through there. It doesn't mean that rain won't hit the house. It doesn't mean that wind won't come and beat against the window panes. But what it does mean is that when it's done roaring its greatest storm, the house may have lost a shingle. The house may have had a wall get a crack in it, but it remains. It stays standing. But when we haven't built a foundation, 
we haven't fully equipped our people, then when the storm comes to beat about, the storm comes to roar, then the house doesn't stand because it wasn't built on anything that would be solid. And the Bible has warned us of these things. Is What we're seeing today is not even the full of it. What we're seeing today is not the end of it. This will continue because the time of the lawless one being revealed is a period. It is not a moment. Right. And that means we have to sit our people back down and really begin to work through the belief system, the nuances, the discrepancies, the, the different thoughts of it to help people come to a place. As I always say truth is better discovered um, than told. And so the question has to be, well, how do we equip our people with deep and full thoughts um, if they don't want it? Well, you just keep giving it. <laughs> you just keep giving it. You find ways to balance it, but you but you never sacrifice fullness of time for um, for for real real teachings. That's popular. We in a world where everybody wants it as quick as possible, but your faith can't be built on real teaching, R-E-E-L, right? It is something, Jesus spent time with his disciples teaching them and building them up. Paul spent time with these churches teaching them and building them up. It is not something that you come drop a bomb every now and then, drop a couple sentences, drop a couple one hitters, a couple tag, hashtag quotables, but teaching. And I'm telling y'all, man, we have to get back to teaching. It may not, it may not, we just got to get back to teaching. So those are, those are, those are my thoughts. Um, and, and let me know if you agree, drop a comment, tell me your thoughts on it. But I, I, I just, I think that, that this real R-E-E-L teachings are leading to increase skepticism and doubts because they're encountering people in the world that are giving them pieces of the conversation that wasn't being given to them and it wasn't intentional i just think again if you know there there's i got 30 pages wrote on the topic of divorce right 30 pages you think i can get into any pulpit and teach pulpit and teach on divorce with 30 and in its full sense with 30 pages no so what would I have to do? How to how to figure out how to hit the main points, give the gist of the argument, and then ride my position out to the end of the message. But if it's 30 pages, there's a whole lot more for the conversation. And so if I don't find platforms and avenues to put that information out, somebody else will. And then somebody's going to feel like, oh, man, they they. They ain't either, 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 either my teacher, pastor, disciple, or whoever ain't equipped, don't know this stuff, right? Because I've, I've had individuals kind of approach me in those manners of like, like, you know, like, like this information that, that, that I, at least I haven't, you know, understood. Um, But if not that, then they just feel like, oh, you're just keeping stuff from me. And people start to lose, they don't, they stop trusting. Um, and so they start to discover by themselves apart from you. Apart from 
the individuals that God has anointed and gifted to be his mouthpiece of communication and application of his word. Because contrary to, to the belief of today, though not all are teachers. The priesthood of the believer does not place teacher in the hands of every single individual. God has anointed those individuals who he has anointed and blessed with the ability to break down and interpret his word and understand his word. That like, like we all can understand, but God, teachers exist for a reason in the Bible. It's a reason it's a spiritual gift. It's a reason it's a part of the uh, uh, the five or fourfold ministry, depending on how you want to split up pastor teacher. Right. They, they, they That is a gifting. And so we we got to use the gifting and find platforms and avenues to fully equip people around these topics and around um, these subjects. Hold on. Um, all right. Let me read a couple of comments here. Uh, Hosea, you said, I think those other things are more easily digestible because there are multiple storylines operating versus the sermon, although containing multiple points, having only one storyline. Uh, drop another comment, bro, and, 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 and maybe explain that a little bit more. I think those other things are more easily digestible because there are multiple storylines operating versus the sermon, although containing multiple points. Having only one storyline. I think I know what you're saying, but drop another comment and maybe clarify before I comment. Uh, Cap said, a lot of times we are in relationship with individual. A lot of times who we are in relationship with individuals can either open up opportunities to have them deep convos or get them slammed in our faces. Why would they jump to the conclusion that you're keeping things from them if they know your character in Christ doesn't bear deceit? Uh, no, exactly. Um, because that's what, but you know, that's what they're going to be. That's what they're being told, right? And 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 I think that there still is a truth and reality in the sense of like there's there is a such thing as when you're feeding the baby. Where Paul says in First Corinthians, he says in First Corinthians three, he said, "I wanted to give you meat, but I couldn't, so I had to give you milk, right?" And so, and then in Hebrews, Hebrews tells us that listen, we need to be leaving. Uh, Hebrews chapter six says we need to be leaving from those elementary truths, right? And so there, there is a process of how you feed an individual uh, as well, because you don't want to choke them out, right? But you also, but at some point you got to move a person past the ABCs of the faith into the, into, into really being able to communicate and understand from, from, from orthodoxy to today, how our faith has developed in the different thought processes that it has existed, in, existed within them. If not, all you get is a whole bunch of people running around talking about the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed this, the Council of Trent this, and that's what I was created, and that was that was created, and it's like, no, it's, it's not. You get what I'm saying? Because somebody is telling them that, right? And the way that you get, you get what I'm saying, and so we we do have to 
be mindful as shepherds of how we feed the flock, but we also have to be mindful that they have to be fed and there should be a consistent uh, meal or diet change as growth happens. Right. And so that's what Paul is communicating. Listen, I, I, I should right now I should be able to give you meat, but you are so carnal. I can still only treat you as infant babies and give you milk. I can't even grow you past the gospel. Because you're not even ready because of the, you know, the way you're at, you can't you can't even handle, you know, you, you it, 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 it's, it's the individual who comes into faith and. They're not going to grasp the whole sense of forgiveness and reconciliation with their enemy and things like that. Like that, 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 that's a mature thinking. Right. And, and so as you continue to grow into maturity, these teachings should be able to, you should be able to consume them. Right. And so, but you, you may not be able to consume it on day one. And so we have to be mindful, obviously, of how we feed the baby or how we feed the sheep. Um, but we have to also know that we, we got to progress people past the elementary truths of our faith and into deeper conversations of what it means to know God, what it means to live out faith, what it means to love, what it means when we talk about these core essentials of the faith and, and, and how have they been developed over time? What do we not mean? What is being argued? Here's some positions out here, but here's why we don't hold to them. And let me walk you through these things. It, it's, it takes work, but it's so beneficial. But it's so, but it's so beneficial. Uh, Cap, I'm about to, uh, Cap, I'm about to bring you on. Hold on. Hold on. Here, I'm about to drop the, uh, yeah, that's the link. Use that link, and then I'll, I'll bring you on so you can share your thoughts. Um, use that link. Let me pin it. Uh, anybody else that want to share some thoughts here? Like I said, I was supposed to do this conversation with a, with a uh, with more than one person, um, but my my bro wasn't able to come on. Um, Me, y'all can watch Power for an hour, but I'm lucky if y'all give me 30 minutes to preach them. Well, there are multiple things going on in power that keep me occupied. And although you have three points, you only have one thesis. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. No, man. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I and I hear you. And I, well, I hear you speaking of what they're saying. And yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't want to ever dismiss that of what a person is saying. But I also think the reality is, as a believer, the three things that's happening in power ain't got nothing to do with increasing my faith or honestly, it should be honest or anything that honors Christ. Right. The reality is, it's entertaining us. Right. The reality is, it's not I don't think it's multiple things going on is that it's feeding something in me. Right. Which is typically our flesh and it's entertaining us. 
and it's entertaining us. And I mean, the reality is teaching, I guess, isn't necessarily um, entertaining. I don't think it, it needs to be either. Um, so I, I get that for sure. I get that for sure. But I think it's more about, I think it just still has to do with more about where we're at in our heart. Cap, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the link. If you're going to jump on, um, you know, jump on. I should see if you win. Let me see if you win the, um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's my, that's, those are my thoughts. If my bro jump on, I'll get him on here. Um, I give him a couple more minutes, but sometimes you got to set things up if you never use StreamYard. But, um, and, but the point is, I'm not, you know, the, the issue is not that um, people won't have uncertainty at all, man. I think, you know, I communicated many times that, man, when people, the whole reason I got into apologetics was because I didn't know. I was uncertain. I was unsure about things. And I wanted to be able to investigate my faith. You know, one one thing that one person said um that um what was his name uh fanatic said in his video was if i didn't believe these things would i still would they still make sense you know and i think sometimes there there's a lot of arrogance in some statements that are made because the assumption is that everybody that believes these things believe these things when they believed them <laughs> and and what i mean by that is i didn't believe none of this stuff when i came to faith right literally my belief was developed i didn't believe in I didn't try to believe, I didn't believe this stuff. When I opened the Bible as an unbeliever, I didn't believe anything of the Bible, right? What caused me to begin to give the Bible credibility was when a specific scripture jumped out and it literally explained my life. And I begin to say, wait a minute, right? Then I begin to read that the word is living and active, right? And I'm like, okay, so, so it's not it's not a stagnant back then written book, but through the through the Holy Spirit, it is alive and speaking, right to our to our lives. And I didn't believe that stuff. I didn't know what what these doctrines was when I became a Christian, right? So 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 it is it is it is it is not only arrogant, but it is it is deceitfully wrong to assume that a person that believes something is believing it because they, because they hold a presupposition of it. Most people that come to the faith, that that's a good position. If you're talking about 30 years in and you're saying, but people that come to the faith are believing, not with a presupposition they're believing because it's been made true to them. This be, it's come, it's, it's come to be true. Um, and so but for me the whole reason of wanting to get into apologetics and things like that was about trying to understand this faith because I didn't come from it right my life was different and I'm trying to understand what is what does this all this stuff mean? What does all this stuff mean? Right. And so it caused me to begin to investigate. And I didn't go investigate 
with people that don't believe it, that don't that just doesn't make sense. Like I know that's the new move. Um, and and and, and listen, if y'all can't see every all of these, it's book shows over there too. But man, over a digital library of over five thousand books. If you think all of those are Christian books, then be foolish, I guess. But the, I read other people's thoughts and materials and research, and I and I weigh what they're saying, and and it's not that I want to believe it that makes me think it's true. It just don't. It's not plausible to me. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't attack my faith in a way that makes me unbelieve it. That sometimes the stuff presents something that I'd never considered, and I was like, "That is a mm, that's a good point." Never looked at it that way. Sure. But is all information that you've never looked at an, an attack or or leads to disbelief? Of course not. Right? Sometimes it's just like, man, I didn't think about that. So now you take that information and you and you trickle it down the, the, the line and you say, well, if I think this thought all the way through, does it actually attack anything in my faith? Well, no, it's just a different, a different position, a different way to look at it. Yo, Cap, if you coming on, you got to jump in, man, because I'm going to um, get ready to end this live. If not, um, and so, yeah. So, unless I'm not um, bringing you on. If I, hold on, wait. Let me check something right quick. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So, yeah, but... Again, the point of me getting on here was just to 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 process through this question of is real R E E L teaching um, increasing doubts and skepticism as people go out and learn things that was never said to them in the church, but the reason it wasn't necessarily said to in a church is because the things are being condensed to fit within time constraints. Um, and so for me, I think I don't think there's any one person that fought for it. Um, for me, I think that um, those who want that are, are creating them are creating uh, are setting themselves up. But then I also think those who are operating within that uh, is also setting the people up. And so my my urge, again, would be that, man, we, we run away from trying to get everything in a reel um, and truly take the time to sit down and work through what it is that we believe um, in its full capacity um, so that you have something to, to go on and stand on as you go about um, living out the Christian faith. And so um, those are my thoughts. Um, Cap, I was going to try to get you on, but the live is hitting uh, I can't even see the timer on it, but um, I'm going to go ahead and end this live and bro, we can talk another time and maybe do something together at another time because I can't, uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't, I don't see you in the, um, in the green room or anything like that. So I'm assuming that, oh, now you come on. Boy, y'all, 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 boy, y'all need to get learn how to get y'all get y'all devices together. You know what I'm saying? And I look like you bald headed too. Hold on, let me bring you all. Let me bring you all, man. Hold on. 
What's going on, bro? What's going on? What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. How about yourself? Man, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed, and I I, I like to um just thank you for uh bringing up such a topic. I think that this is this is things that we we must we must address if we're going to be uh effective. Um, reaching out to a a falling world, definitely. I I enjoy it, bro. Oh, that's what's up, man. Appreciate it, man. Share me. Uh, go ahead and share share your thoughts with me. Yeah. So, so, um, let me get myself situated. So, when it comes to doubts, like you say, um, I was just talking to a a a brother of mine, a young boy of mine, uh, Mike Zambrano. He he was in the facilities with us, and he was talking about the doubts that uh he was holding on to or or wrestling with rather and um i actually shared with him the matthew 28 and 17. these guys were believers these guys were deemed uh disciples but they had doubts but they were still hit with the great commission which lets us know like man we're gonna always wrestle with doubts and things like that but in our in our steed in our um our position the the most needed question to be at, answered, I think, was answered pretty much with what Christ has done in history. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to have a lot of doubts that I wrestle with, but one thing for sure, two things for certain, I know God loves me. The heart of God. I know that God loves me so much that he sent his son. God the son, uh, God that could not die, became flesh so that he could uh, to, to pay our debt to uh, accept us as family because he chose to. I know that. And that's a truth that you cannot rob me from. But um, to, to the point, uh, when, I, when I have friends that have doubts like that, based upon my relationship with them, and I'm very intentional with living out who God, who Christ has called me to be, loving unlike the world, being patient, unlike the world, being being who I am in Christ, people gravitate to those things because I'm constantly living this thing out in my orthopraxy, living out what I know about Jesus and what Jesus has called me to do. How does my my interaction look when I'm at, at the gym playing basketball? I get fouled. I don't cuss nobody out. I'm not trash talking. I'm encouraging all the time. And all this, all of this stuff, these individuals that I, I share life with, they're seeing, they're watching. When I go shopping, I take them shopping. How I treat other people, they could be flipping out in the, in the line. They'll flip out on me. How I, res, uh, how, how I resolve that, uh, resolute that, how I work through that thing with showing them respect and being humble. They see that type of stuff. So when someone else shares some information, that is like contrary to what I'm about. They're not jumping to the conclusion that, oh, Cap is hiding stuff from me. They're like, wait a minute. Now this stuff is new. This stuff is new that I'm hearing. And it sound, sound kind of cool. It, it sound kind of true. You know what? I want to talk to somebody about these things. What better person to talk to than you fill in the blank? 
usually they'll come to, it's a lot of my bros that come to me with these issues and lay it out. And not only am I living that life out that is inviting to, let, let me hear from what, because I know Cap is not going to be on no craziness and lying to me. You know what I'm saying? He love me for real. I see how you love a, a, a stranger that he ain't never seen. You know what I'm saying? He got so much love in his heart. And the way that he lives and the way that he chops things down, his understanding of life is just beyond. You know what I'm saying? So I want to hear from him. That leaves a perfect opportunity to, for, for you to engage those doubts truthfully. You don't have to fill it in or try to do the dance. No, if you have the answer, God bless you with that answer. That's why we have to be learned. We have to rightly divide the way. We got to study to show ourselves approved, not just to know, but our orthopraxy, how we live this thing out, put it into action. So when those doubts come up, we can address them things, uh, those doubts or those questions, uh, honestly, leave it on the table for that person to take or leave it on the table and then live. You know what I mean? Because certain people, they just doubt because they 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 really like the other thing. They, they like that other thing. So they'll throw that out there, not saying that, you know, they want answers. But um, that's that's just them liking. <laughs> they, they just want to be where they are, you know, and um, that's their choice to make. So um, I, I think this how you live, man, how you live will open doors for you to have those long because guess what when when you cool man they'll sit man they'll sit there and have a two hour conversation with you because they like man that makes sense you know what i'm saying and they love you they already see who you are so they respect that you're addressing the 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 issue or the doubt with love for them and you're taking time to chop through it because they gave you the time and you're not going to swindle the time. They're going to love that. So I say I say this and I end it. When you're doing it like this, the individuals that have the doubts and things like that and they're swayed, they're not they're not following Christ. Now, not only are they outweigh or weighing the responses from both sides, they're also looking at the life lived by both parties. So I'm answering, you got my answer. You hear this guy's answer, but then you looking at this dude's life, he cussing at people, he dogging, he doing all that. And then you look over here and you see this guy being patient with people loving on people not not woofing at people always helping always he just there and they're gonna see like man bro this one right here <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it is very important to know your god and be able to share your god with who you are in him you got to because it's going to come a time where you're going to be speaking, speaking, man. And that orthopraxis, how you live is going to add meat to what you're saying. Scriptures say, man, you could prophesy, you could do all this. But if you ain't got love, you 
I want to hear a word you saying. So pair that with how you live your life as well in Jesus. Live out loud, man, so that people understand that the good that comes from you is not just from you. It's not from you. It's, it's, it's a fingerprint of what Christ is doing in your life. And they're gonna, that's going to put weight on how you, how you respond to life's doubts. Amen. So, no, that's good. Um, so, so if I summed up what I, what I, what I heard you, some of what I heard you saying, and is you bald now, bro? Uh, no, I mean, I shaved this joint. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I went to the, I went to the, um, I went to the barber shop. I was like, hey, give me the tank. You gotta keep it. You gotta keep it. You know, but no. So, if I had to sum up what you were saying, well, not sum up, but one thing that you said, if I was some, it's just a correct uh summary in the sense of like, um, in, 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 in relationship to questions of doubts um that is more than just intellectual information but it's also a lifestyle change that like that i'm not just looking for if there's a correct answer in you but i'm also looking for if the thing that you say is the answer is actually transforming or affecting your actual lifestyle mm, mm, yeah 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 yes i i i I get that. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was um, basically saying, man. Um, you have and I to. Think, and I think, and obviously this isn't an end all, this isn't an end all, like drop the mm. ball type hammer um, conversations of doubts, but, um, you know, that is part of the, part of one of the bedrocks that, that evidence of the resurrection is built upon are, is um how it affected the lives of those who made the claim. Come now, on. obviously it doesn't mean that the claim it doesn't say that the claim is true, mm. but what it does say is part of it. So it's it's not the end all evidence, it's part of the 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 arguments of the minimal facts. But so it doesn't say that it does, but it doesn't necessarily say that the the claim is true, but what it does say is that these people are so certain that it is true that it has changed the way that they actually live their life. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with an individual that you're trying to help lead into truth, then what people are also looking for, or maybe should be looking for is, is it true enough to you to actually allow it to change your, your life? Mm. And I think when we think about that, that speaks to even more the importance of conduct, mm. right? If we're going to be ministering to a world, a God of love, a God of miracles, a God, we're going to shout and use all of the Hebrew terminologies to sound deep, Jehovah Rapha, Nisi, all of these things, right? That Vicky O <laughs> put everybody on to. Um, <laughs> Preach, Doc. <laughs> If we're going to be saying that, then one, I'm struggling as an on or somebody looking on, I'm struggling to believe it. 
But then, and you're trying to convince me of it, but when I look at your life, it doesn't even seem like it's true enough to bring actual change in your life and how you deal with hardships, how you deal with disappointments, how you deal with people who make you angry, how you deal with hope, how you deal with fear, how you deal, you know, how you deal with all of those things. Right. And, and so I, I think, I think that I've had to flush that out a little bit more, but I definitely think that um, it's, again, it's not the, the end all, but it definitely is a weight. It definitely communicates something. Paul lived his life to the point that whether you don't believe him or not, hmm. what he say happened on Damascus Road was powerful enough to hmm. call that man to change the entire course of his life. Hmm. So you cannot believe it, but what you can't say is that that brother is not sure that he's seen the, resur the resurrected Lord. Come on. <laughs> that he Come spoke on. to that. So you can say he's crazy. You can call it an illusion and you can break down whatever skeptical arguments that people try to do to explain what he saw and what he said in his testimony. But if yeah. I'm looking at his life and I'm saying, well, well, well then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, Something had to happen on that road. <laughs> Man, right, right. And the end all and the crevices as well. You could say that he crazy because he, he was following Christ where it was a death sentence right. to do so by choice. But on his way to it, he loving people, he blessing people. He did wait a minute, like not just the end of like the, the the in the middle, he's loving people on his way to get his head chopped off. Like, like his whole life, you know what I'm saying? Which, what well, we're talking about the sanctification, you know what I'm saying? That, 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 that orthopraxy thing, you start yeah. to see how people is moving, not just what he get at the end, like, you know what I'm saying? And he's facing and he doesn't turn away. You start to see, man, this dude is, he, he pointed at this church, he, he pointed at <laughs> You know, see, did he just talk to Peter like that? Like, I sense the love from this dude checking Peter. You know what I'm saying? He ain't trying to put him out there, but he like he really for the gospel for real. Like everything in in between, you start to see just that complete life change, man. And it, you set it on the table, just like Christ do. Hey, man, take it or leave it. Boom. Like even certain things that we can't we. Hey, I can't explain that. You know, I, I'm, I'm wrestling with that as well. I am. But I, I'm trying to find the heart of God behind this thing. You know what I mean? Like how you address certain things, even when you don't have the answer. How you address it, like how you how you live your life in light of, dang, I got that. I, I wrestle with that doubt. It speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. I'm telling you, half of the cats that come up with these, uh, the, with the doubts that they have, they life, how they live their life, how they carry themselves and stuff. Man, you know the tree by the fruit it bears, man. <laughs> hey, so, sometimes they, they be toe up how they how they address certain things that 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 life throws at them. Yeah. And because hey, we go to the script, it's crazy. Hey, you said something, you said something, and when you first started, you was like, um, you're talking about, you know, Paul and this, this brother was willing to die. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and here was something interesting, man. And obviously, I know I know you familiar. I know you've seen the fanatic video. I'm sure as a, yeah, yeah. a hip hop as a hip hop guru. You know what I'm saying? Listen, if y'all tuning in. The rest of y'all that's tuning in, man, and whoever watched this back, man, if you want to know, you want to, you want to hear a hot spitter, somebody that can freestyle all day long, doctrine in Christ, man. This, 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 this brother right here, Cap. I might even, I might even, I might even make him. You know, I ain't even gonna make him leave y'all with a little four. We'll see, we'll see if the spirit prompt me to say, "Hey, guy, you gotta uh do that." But, but something you said, though, man. Um, something you said, um, and uh, and I, oh, and man, I just also, man, you don't. Man, we was uh, you know, you know, you know, Cordell, man. We were, I forgot, we was with somebody, and they were asking him about freestyling, who he thought, you know, and like, and that, and literally, brother gave you kudos. It's like, you know, you, and then obviously, I always talk about you and Brian, Pastor B, together, man. Like y'all cats is just sick to me, and then obviously Kyle yeah. as well. But um, but to the point though, you, um, you talked about how Paul was willing to die. And if, and even when you watch one of the when you I don't know if you when you watch the fanatic video one of the things that he talked about as leverage for his authenticity or his um his authoritative voice was you know not the the years of ministry he did but also like man I was I was I was I was ready to die you know what I'm saying for for this and and I and I and I hear that and I say that's hard to believe. Because while you're saying you were ready to, Paul did. While you're saying you were ready to, these men did. They stood on the heels of what they believed to the point of death. Mm. Right? Not mm. you. <laughs> so what you was ready, you you almost about to fight. Mm. <laughs> right? Mm. But I was ready to knock them out. But, mm. but you didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and and I and 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 so it just speaks when you look at the the life lived, right? Because it's not how you start the race; it's how you how you finish, right? And yes. so Paul can say, "I finished the race. I fought the I fought the faith. I finished the race, and I kept the faith. Fought the fight, finished the race, kept the faith." But he can say those things. He's at the end of his life, hmm. and he's like, "No, no, no! I really war with the beast of Ephesus. I really." was stoned outside of Lystra to the point where uh, I was dead, right? Mm -hmm. And got right back up and went, the Bible said the brother went back. That's a fact. Like, like, <laughs> That's facts plus tax. Like, 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 Paul, Paul was like, Paul was like, man, I woke up and went back, bro. Like, they, they, they put, they, they did me dirty, man. That joker got up and went back, man. And, mm -hmm. and so he lived. Yeah. He lived that life, um, yeah. and 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 because he lived that life, it became it became a powerful witness mm. of at best mm. that this man believes this, mm -hmm. and it changed how he treat us. This man was trying to kill us. Yeah, yeah. Now he trying to serve us and love us and humble himself before us. Like something happened to that man on that road, and y'all can say the man crazy. Well, I'm gonna take crazy Paul any day over Pharisee Paul then. So let him be crazy. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, give me crazy, give me crazy Paul then. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and 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 I and I and I stress this. I stress this because even with the length of where he went, he laid his life on the line and things like that. Look, the scary part is you got Muslims. I'm I'm sorry to say this, but Muslims, you got people bombing themselves. Yeah. And then they'll be like, you see what he did because of what he believed? Mm-hmm. It's important to see the nicks and crannies. The nicks and crannies, how they live their life. And then guess what? The book that we read. It's about the book and the man, the person who reads it. Like I could look at a person's life. They say that they follow something. I'm going to look at whatever you, your source is and see if you're following it or not. And the crazy thing about it is if I see problem with that thing that I'm gauging you with, then it's like everything is all it, it, it's going to fall to the wayside. When you look at scripture and you understand the heart of God to us, it's laid out, not just what you do, why. It gives us a why. So the worldview and the things that we do, everyone mm-hmm. is gauged with a why. Like an atheist, they can say that they love somebody. I'm going to have to ask them why. And guess what? Usually the, the, the answer, the exhaustive answer, it, it don't bear no weight. Now, I could say that I love somebody that I never knew and never Ne- ne- just just met right then and there. I tell him why. Because Christ, the one that mattered the most, gave his life for him. Mm-hmm. And if, if he gave his life for that person, knowing his good, bad, and ugly, and then rose again from the grave for him, guess what? I love him. Mm-hmm. My reason, my why, is, is a strong case. Because I'm saying that I love him because Christ, uh, first of all, that person is made in his image with love and everything. And then seeing what his creator, Jesus, all things were created through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Christ became flesh, dwelt among us, gave his life on the cross for that person, for everyone, for God so loved the world. Now, it is. It, it influences how I treat people, treat people. So a person could be flipping out at me and I, I have to be careful how I deal with that. I could deal with it firm, but watch your mouth because that's a person that Christ died for. So it's how, it, even how I deal with certain individuals, that orthopraxy, how I live it out, it means something. And it's a ministry in and of itself. So that nick and cranny thing, while we're engaging these doubts and these these uh these questions, uh it's it's a combination. But I say, man, live that life out, man. Because guess what? When it comes what 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 don't come out of the white, it's it gonna come out in the rents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some times you like it's gonna show what you're standing on, and your foundation is gonna be exposed. So if you're not standing on something that's gonna be there, 
I suggest you move. <laughs> and I stand on something that's stronger than any doubt that I can have. I doubt my doubts before I doubt him. No, that's good, man. That's good. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this as we get ready. I won't, this live won't go longer than 90 minutes. So about yeah, nine yeah. minutes, but um, one of, one of the things um, that Carl Barth said um, was he said that no one can escape doubt in its various forms. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But there is no ultimate despair since doubt doesn't have the final word. And, and at the end of the day, there is there is always something that exists in the realm of doubting, um, but it doesn't have to have the final word. And again, we're still talking about healthy doubts. Um, I'm still no, I'm still talking about healthy doubts. Um, I'm talking about um, going about your doubts and assessing your doubts in a healthy way. Um, and they don't have to have the final word. Um, everybody's not going to be able to be <coughs> convinced. Everybody's not going to, because because at the end of the day, there's nothing that we can do to convince anybody of of faith. Um, faith is a work of the Holy Spirit, Amen. and where there is no Holy Spirit working, um, there is no faith. There is no faith. There is no keeping power. Um, we are not kept by ourselves. Uh, we are kept by the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't come to faith by ourselves. We come to faith um, by way of the Holy Spirit, regardless of our positions on, on, on you know, whether we're, you know, synergists or monergists and all of that. At the end of the day, we know that we don't come to faith without the Holy Spirit. We're not yeah. kept without the Holy Spirit. Um, and at the end of the day, <clears throat> Thessalonians teaches us that the Holy, that God is holding back, restraining the lawless one, but there will come a time when he stops restraining the lawless one. Um, and I personally believe that um, we're going to continue to see uh, uh, the falling away because the Bible calls it the great apostasy. Apostasy, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great that ushers in, that precedes the coming of the Lord, that many will walk away. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the Matthew 13, the separation of the wheat and the tears. Jesus says, don't pull them up. Not your job to pull them up. Let the, weed, let the weeds grow with the good crop. And at the end days, the angel will come. The reaper will come and separate that harvest out. Um, and, and it will become clear who belong to the Lord and who belong to the idea. Right. There's a and, and even processing this whole idea that Jesus talks about not just believing him, but receiving him. Hmm. And 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 a lot of people have received information, but they haven't believed in Christ. And when and 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 I don't know a person in this world, and I could be wrong, so this isn't dogmatic, this is just a thought. Yeah. I don't know a person in this world that can walk, that can deconstruct what happened to them. Like, I don't see, I don't see Paul being, being met with these cynic philosophers and being met uh, with the, with the philosophers of Air, uh, on Mars Hill and, and, and the philosophers in Corinth and, and, and the Gnostic philosophers in Ephesus and them being able to convince him that he ain't see what he saw and he ain't hear what he heard. 
right? This is why John starts off his gospel saying, listen, in the beginning, right? Uh -huh. That which we held, that which we heard, that which we gazed upon, that which we touched with our own hands. This Jesus, yes. this no, Jesus. Uh -huh. That brother said, that brother said, you can tell me all the Gnostic teachings you want to try to convince me of docetism and illusions and hallucinations. He said, but brother, I got empirical evidence. I, I talked to this Jesus. I, huh? I you I ate with him. You can't convince me hmm. with information to go against what happened. I lived this. And too many people have received the gospel in words, but they have not received it in a place of belief in their heart and to the point where it becomes lived for them. And I That's promise true. you, until we move to experience Christ, information will never keep you because the Bible has been consistent to tell us that in the last days, your information will be attacked. And those who have truly believed, those who have shared and stayed will remain until the end by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I just want to leave that even though that wasn't necessarily what I was going for in this live, but I just wanted to leave that there. Um, and man, bro, I appreciate you coming on um, and sharing your thoughts, man. Always good to see you. Um, always good to hear your thoughts, man. And so as we leave out in these three minutes, man, you're going to, we'll, I think we'll want you to leave us with one, man. I feel like we'll want us to leave, leave us with one. You know what I'm saying? And I, go ahead. I ain't even got to beg you. You, you hungry for it anyway. <laughs> Leave us with something that we pulled out, Cap. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Fresh air to those who inhabit the dungeon. An outstretched hand to a people that didn't want him. A demonstration of love. He was poured out of the kingdom. Crucified on the tree. He was mortified for our freedom. Jesus defeated the fatal sting after his raising. Because of this, I offer him my praise and adoration. The highest praise is soaked in tears that kiss the altar as I offer my Hosanna, Heavenly Father. To whom I'm giving up all the honor, paying homage with all that I am as my Hosanna. It's Christ that I pursue with my life because he's amazing. So whenever opportunity strikes, I got to take it. I thank him. And I go so hard because his love's vital. I bring that word to the scene. That's a subtitle. Because it's way, way more than catchy hooks and tight verses. Christ purchased me with his death. And if it's life's worship, and if my life's worship, then I'm all his. So when I pursue you, know that you see a Christian living out his hallelujah. And I'm praising, waving that blood-stained banner unashamed as I offer my Hosanna. Christ is king. Let's Amen. go. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? A little something, man. You know, always good. To see you, bro. Always good to talk with you, man. Love you. Appreciate you, man. Keep grinding, man. Keep keep standing. Keep 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 communicating and demonstrating Christ, man. And um, to those who are watching, man, thanks for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget uh, to hit uh, subscribe and like. Um, I'm going to be bringing a lot more of these lives this year, um, a lot more talks and things like that this year on this channel. And then also stay on the lookout as our church reach. Uh, City Church, man, we're going to be getting ready to launch that podcast in the spring. 
been doing a lot of conversations there too. So, man, we're gonna put some content out this year um, and continue to lot and continue to equip believers to know, uh, grow, um, and stand and contend. So, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Cap, love you. And uh, we out of here. Take care. Peace.